It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my content on Twitter, at ZachHicks2. Also, I'm Breaking Football. I also do the Breaking the Draft podcast over there for Breaking Football, so check that out. And also, you can find my stuff on LockedOnRedskins.com along with Megaphone, iTunes, find this podcast, follow, rate, subscribe, whatever. I love it regardless. And thank you guys again for, you know, all you supporters who listen to this podcast. I can't, I couldn't do it without you guys. I love you guys. So thank you again. We have a very fun episode today. It's going to be the weekly mailbag. I know I missed it last week because I was trying to get all the guests on, you know, Robbie Duncan, Justin Gamble, Nathan Britton. Really great guests. Really love talking to those guys. And I had to miss my favorite segment of the week every week, so I'm glad to be back on this segment. I did get some really good questions, some fun questions, uh, a couple sarcastic ones, so we're going to jump into the kind of the, the sarcastic ones to start off here. So to start with the sarcastic questions, I got a load of sarcastic ones from, from one guy, uh, Jake Ashworth, uh, Burgundy and Gold, at Jake underscore Ashworth 3. So his sarcastic questions go, do we sign Kirk Cousins or do we sign Kirk Cousins? Well, I mean, you're not really giving me much choice there, buddy. So I'm going to have to go with sign Kirk Cousins after the year. I don't really care what the cost is at this point. He's proven that he can win games for this team. So sign Kirk Cousins for sure. What number should Vita Vea wear on the Redskins for us next year? Well, first we'd have to draft him. First he'd have to slip to us in the draft. So I don't know if that's happening. In my opinion, he's a top five prospect. So we will see. But Vita Vea, I don't care what number he wears, really. I mean... He could wear a really fun one, I guess, like maybe like a 55 like he does in college. But I think that's more of a linebacker thing in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe 92, bring back the Chris Baker number. I don't care. 90 if Ziggy Hood doesn't make the roster. I don't really care about numbers. I'm not that kind of guy unless it's 37 because Reed Doughty and Fish Smithson are both number 37. So those are my two favorite numbers. And then 21, obviously, for the great Sean Taylor. Those are my only favorite numbers. I don't really care about any other numbers besides that one. Would would you, Zach Hicks, be first on the depth chart at the running back position? I would have to say no to that one. I know these guys suck, but I mean I'm five nine, like a buck thirty. I I don't think I could really withstand any contact in the NFL. And to be fair, I played basketball for for about twelve years of my life. I don't even think I could take one step on NFL field without my knees giving out because that's how horrible my legs are. Heck, I pulled I pulled my groin the other day just playing basketball for the first time in like two weeks. So, I mean, my, my body's given up on me, and I really don't have anything to boot there. You know, I, I think my 40 time's probably like a like a 4.8, 4.9. I don't really think I have elite speed or change of direction, so I'd have to go with no for that. I don't really think I'm going to be, I would be a good running back in the NFL, but to be fair, I mean, it wouldn't be terribly worse than these other guys. I could at least get to the line of scrimmage and fall down. Then I would go out for the rest of the game because somebody would follow me and I'd break something, but... 
I can at least go, get to the line of scrimmage and fall down. So I have that going for me. His last sarcastic question was, when Austin Allen arrives here to build under Kirk Cousins, do you think it's possible to have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks on the same roster? Well, of course it's possible. I mean, probably not in the same season, but it's possible. I mean, Tyrod Taylor and Joe Flacco play together, and Tyrod Taylor is actually better than Joe Flacco at this point. Alex Smith and Kaepernick played on the same team, and you know Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl. Alex Smith is having a Pro Bowl year this year. So it's possible you can have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks on one roster. I mean, not in the same season, obviously, but you can have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the, on the same roster for sure. And Austin Allen, I love Austin Allen. I hope he plays for the Redskins for many years to come. If, if, if the Redskins were to draft him, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I'm a big Austin Allen fan out of Arkansas. If you guys haven't seen his tape, go watch him at Arkansas. I know he's been struggling with injuries this year and, and some other things in that terrible program down there, but he's a legit NFL guy, and I think he's going to be a good pro. Now, to get to some serious questions, Jake also asked, what position could we hold off in the early rounds of the draft in hopes of finding a gem late? Now, I'm so glad I'm not a GM in the NFL for many reasons. One, because I had Brad Kaya as my quarterback one last year. That would have been really bad if I was a GM in the NFL. But for other reasons, is it's it's so hard to kind of evaluate where you're going to take a top talent or where you're going to take a talent in the draft. You know, why why would I hold off on drafting this guy who I really like? Because there's a potential I could get a gem later. You know what I mean? Like, like it's so hard to evaluate depth along with super talent in the first round. And this year's class is going to be really weird because I, I do a lot of draft work. I do, I've already looked in the 2018 draft quite a bit. And I've got to say, this draft is not heavy with top-end talent. There's maybe four or five guys who would be considered top 20 guys in most drafts. Everyone else is like that, that player where it's like, eh, they could be a first-rounder, could be a first-rounder, but there's a lot of second-round guys in this draft. There's a lot of guys where you're going to watch their tape, you're going to say, you know what, I wish they could be better at this, I wish they could be better at that, but man, they, they, this thing they do right here is so fun, so exciting, so great, and there's just not that elite talent really in this draft. And it's, it's kind of interesting, because I haven't really seen a draft like this before. So to kind of go with what his question was there, which positions are basically the deepest, there are top guys at corner that I really like. Like there's Tavares McFadden, who's really good. There's Josh Jackson at Iowa, who's a really good top-tier corner. But I think you can hold off on drafting those guys really high because I think the cornerback draft class is super deep. I think it's really deep. Isaiah Oliver out of Colorado is not getting enough love yet. He is awesome. He's going to slip into the second, third round maybe. Carlton Davis out of Auburn is another stud who could fall later in the draft. So there are gems to be had at that position later to where I don't think the Redskins would need to draft a corner high. And also, the Redskins already kind of prepared for this. If Breland does leave, they do have Fabian Moreau. They do have Quinton Dunbar. They do have Josh Norman. So cornerback's not even that big of an issue at all. So if the Redskins did decide they need another corner, they would just draft one in the middle rounds instead of going for those top talent guys in the first. So I, I'm actually okay with the Skins waiting at corner. And then another position that I'm okay with the Skins waiting for would be running back. Because running back, you know, I know Barkley is elite. I know Geis is elite. I know Bryce Love is super fun to watch. But running back in this draft, you do not need to take in the first round. I completely get it if the Redskins do take one in the first round because... These guys that we have watched this year are not very good. P. Ryan is not that good. Rob Kelly is not that good. Chris Thompson is great, but he's just too small. Redskins do need a workhorse back, and I would not hate them for taking a guy in the first round. You know, guy if it's Geis, if it's Nick Chubb, if it's Sony Michelle, all these guys. I don't care. Take any of those guys in the first round. I'm fine with it. But I would rather them wait because this is a super super deep running back class, and you know we're talking about this like it's a historically deep running back class. If you talk to any draft guy. They will tell you this running back class is super deep, and I love this draft class. So 
definitely wait on running back. And you know what? The last one I'm going to throw in here, it's just just in case. And also, even if we do keep Kirk, I'm okay with drafting a quarterback in like the third or fourth round, honestly. This quarterback draft class is not only top-heavy with guys like Josh Rosen, uh, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. Very, very good players in their own right. You know, do a lot of good things that merit first-round draft talk. But I do love the late-round guys. You know, as, as Justin Gamble came on last week and told told me on here, Tanner Lee, I went back and watched that guy, gunslinger, man. I love him. Live arm, very accurate, throws the ball a mile. I love Tanner Lee. He's going to be a great quarterback in the pros. Austin Allen, again, who I've been talking about for a long time now. Logan Woodside out of Toledo is a very good quarterback prospect, very intriguing as well. And other guys like Devontae Kincaid is awesome. Will Greer has been great at moments this year. So there are a lot of interesting quarterbacks in this class that are going to fall down. Ryan Finley is another one at NC State. These guys are really good quarterbacks, but they're not going to go super high because you have the Baker Mayfields, you have the Lamar Jacksons, you have Josh Rosen who's going to be a top three pick. These guys are studs. They're going to go really high in the first, and teams just aren't going to take 10 quarterbacks in the first round. They're going to take two or three, then they're going to wait for the talent to drop off to the second, third round, then they're going to take their shots. We've seen it before. We've seen We've seen good quarterbacks drop to middle or late rounds. We've seen Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins go late in the same draft because Luck and Griffin and Tannehill all went so high in that earlier in that draft. So this class is really deep. I really do like this class at quarterback. So regardless of if they do lock up Kirk or not, I do want the Redskins to draft a quarterback in this class. Preferably, if they let Kirk go, I'd rather go first or second round. If they keep Kirk third, fourth, fifth round, I would like a guy there. So that's kind of where my take is with this draft class on, on depth. And before I jump into some more questions here, guys, I do want to remind you, we do have John Sigler of SB Nation, Big Saints guy, coming on tomorrow's podcast to talk about the awesome matchup that is Saints and Redskins. I know I was gushing about previous year's matchups uh, on yesterday's podcast, and I'm really excited for this game again because I do love Redskins and Saints matchups. So be on the lookout for that because John Sigler is going to drop some knowledge on me. And also on Friday, we do our film breakdown, a new segment I'm adding to this podcast where every Friday I'm going to break down Two individual players, one from offense, one from defense, and how well they have impacted the team throughout this year. I'm going to break down their entire film, give a full-length scouting report on both players every Friday. So this week, we're going to have Kendall Fuller and Brandon Sheriff on their full-length scouting reports on the season. If you follow me on Twitter, I will put gift threads. If you guys don't know what gifts are, they're, they're little video threads of key plays that I highlight throughout the year. So I will put that on Twitter so you guys can see what I'm looking at, and then I'll also talk about the players on the podcast later that night. So be sure, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be fun. So that's going to be on Friday. And again, John Sigler is going to come on Thursday. So watch out for those two shows. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now the next question I got that we're going to jump into here is who would you want in the first round for the Redskins? Vita Vea, Rashawn Evans, Darius Geis, or Bryce Love sitting at our pick. Now let me give a little background on each of these players. Vita Vea I talked about in the podcast before. Big nose tackle out of Washington. Very fun player, very strong, athletic. I think I see some Kawan Short upside in him, you know, out of uh, Carolina. Super awesome. I love Kawan. I love Kawan Short, and I also love Vita Vea, so I would love him sitting there at the Redskins pick. Rashawn Evans, uh, Justin Gamble also talked about him a little bit last week. We had, I think, the very end of our 
our podcast last week. We talked about that. So if you want to see Gamble's take on him, go check out the end of last week's podcast on Wednesday with him. But I love Rashawn Evans. He is an elite athlete, probably the best athlete I've seen at middle linebacker since, you know, maybe a healthy Jalen Smith. He is an elite athlete. He is a, the most aggressive football player I've ever watched in football, like in college. Like, I mean, I can't even describe how aggressive this guy is. He will hit anything that moves. It could be a 300-pound lineman, a 180-pound quarterback. He will kill you. He will do anything in his power to get you on the ground, and he just loves the game of football. So Rashawn Evans, I freaking love. Darius Geis, elite running back out of LSU. He has everything that you look for, acceleration, burst, power, aggressiveness. He's had a little bit of injury issue this year, but Darius Geis is an elite prospect as well. And Bryce Love, the guy who came out of nowhere, the 5'9", 185-pound running back, who just does not go down, averaging nine yards a carry and over a thousand yards already on the season. I think he was over a thousand yards through like six games this year. Bryce Love is an elite talent, and I love Bryce Love. But if I had to rank where I would take these guys for the Redskins pick and where I'd put them, I would definitely go Rashawn Evans number one because I think Rashawn Evans is a top five overall player in this draft for me. I do love Rashawn Evans. Like I said, he could play edge, he could play middle linebacker. Put him anywhere on the field, and he's going to be a playmaker. Vita Vea, I put at number two because Vita Vea, I also think, is a top 10 player in this draft. Like I said, Kawan Short upside. He will be an impact for whatever team he goes to. Darius Geis would be my third option here, even though I would love Darius Geis in the first round. Like I said, he's an elite running back talent. He's closer to Barkley than what we assume or what we say, so I would definitely go Darius Geis with there. And then Bryce Love would be fourth, just because Bryce Love is a smaller scat back type. We already have that in Chris Thompson, but... I think Bryce Love will be better than Thompson in the pros. So I do love I love Bryce Love as well, but he's be my fourth on here. So yeah, that's how I go. I go for Sean Evans, Vita Vea, Darius Geis, and Bryce Love for that. So thank you for that question. I do love talking draft. I probably got a little ahead of myself there, but that's the order I would take those guys. Next question we have is from Steve at Steve Draft. He didn't really ask me this, but he asked it to his Twitter followers, and I kind of count, so I'm taking it. He asks, when does Breland lose his job to Dunbar? I... Don't know if that's going to happen, but Breland has looked lost at times this year. He's definitely reliant on good safety play, where I think Dunbar might be a better corner than him already. And Dunbar is definitely the cheaper option. So I do want the Redskins to explore what they have in Dunbar. Because at the, at the end of the year, Breland's going to command cornerback one money. And in my opinion, I want him gone if he's commanding that much money. Dunbar, on the other hand, is going to be a lot cheaper. And he's got a lot of upside. You know, former receiver out of Florida. I mean, we always talk about it. He was a former receiver. But you can see that. I mean, he makes plays on the ball that a lot of corners don't. And Breland, see, the big difference between these two players is Dunbar has ball skills. Not just picking off passes, but knocking balls down, being aware of where the ball is on the field. Where Breland, he could have the most easy interception of all time. He's not going to complete that play. He has no ball skills whatsoever, and that hurts his ability to be a top-tier corner and be even a good corner. And also his temperament. Their temperaments are so different. Dunbar, you can tell, is willing to learn, willing to work, change positions, did whatever it, co- whatever it took to make an NFL roster. Where Breland, slightest thing goes wrong in his game, slightest thing goes wrong on the field, and it's the end of the game for him. He, he's out of the game. He doesn't care anymore. He loses all focus. So I, I, I do like Dunbar. I like Dunbar probably better than Breland as a player, maybe not talent-wise. And if the Redskins decided to go with Dunbar over Breland, I wouldn't really complain. Honestly, I'd be okay with it because I do like Dunbar that much. It's up to the Redskins coaches there, but I'd be okay with Dunbar taking over for Breland at some point this year. Now, this next one I got was from my boy Donre Mourinhas on Twitter. Follow him, please. He is one of my favorite people on Twitter, even though he is a Cowboys fan. Very fun guy to talk to. Very nice and loving guy. So please, please go talk to Donre. He'll enlighten your world. (laughs) But he asks... Who do you think will take the big leap next season in terms of development? Now, I really enjoy this question because it's not who do I want to take the big leap. 
It's who do I think will take that big leap? And my obvious answer here is going to be two guys that I love, and one of them is really obvious, the other one not so much. I do think that Fabian Moreau will take a huge step next year and go from a depth special teams player into a full-blown starter next season. And again, I do love Dunbar. I think Dunbar will start for most of the year next year. But I think Moreau, with more playing time and more time on the field, and with that size, that frame, that athleticism, he's going to prove how good he is at the cornerback position. He is an elite man corner. He's going to be a great player for the Redskins for years to come. And I really do think when he gets more time next year and he's not in Breland's shadow and Dunbar's shadow as much, he's going to emerge as a really good player for the Redskins next year. So watch out for Moreau. I think he's going to take a huge step. And we've seen it with you know these two, two players that really stick out in terms of their development going into this year. Matt Ioannidis and Kendall Fuller, two guys who are rookies, not even top-round rookies. You know, Fuller was a third-round pick. Ioannidis was a sixth-round pick. And they came in, and they really improved themselves over the offseason. I don't know if it's the Redskins doing, if it's their own doing, but they really improved over the offseason. And look how good a player – I mean, Fuller is one of the better slot corners in the NFL. And Ioannidis, when he was healthy, was dominating on passing on pass plays and also pretty good force in the run game. So, overall, I mean, if, if Fabian Moreau can make any, like, sort of jump like those guys made – He's going to be a really good player for the Redskins. My other player who I think is going to make a big jump, who I'm showing my my obvious bias here, and you know, obviously, I think Monte Nicholson, once he gets that shoulder fixed and he kind of gets more of a rhythm and he's more of a starter next year instead of kind of a, a sub-starter, I think Monte Nicholson's going to take the leap from a good NFL safety to a very good or a great NFL safety. And I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, as always, when it comes to Monte, but I really do believe in this kid. I really think he's going to be an excellent NFL player, and... You know, he has the athleticism, he has the, the skill set, he has the physicality, he has the great mindset. You know, he's, he's a great kid on the field and off the field. I think he's going to be an excellent player for the Skins team for many years. And I think next year is where we see the birth of the next great safety in Washington. So quote me on that. I love Misa Monte. And next year when he gets more starting time and he gets that shoulder fix in the offseason, the league better watch out because Nicholson is going to take this league by storm. <laughs> I know, I know I was ranting and, and messed up there about Monte, but that's just who I am. I love me some Monte Nicholson. So don't don't hate, don't judge me on that. But before we jump into the last bit of questions here that we have for today's show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Redskins on iTunes. I would love all your guys' feedback. Please send it. I love you guys listening. You guys have been great to me ever since I took over this podcast. So please send in your reviews, send in, you know, rate, rate the podcast, subscribe, do whatever right there on iTunes, Locked On Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, this next question here is, is it more important to have heart and players that buy into a winning culture or to have talent? Now, obviously, the answer that we all want to hear and all we want to say is culture and, you know, having the heart. But it's the NFL. This isn't high school football where you can win a championship on on pure heart and pure whatever, you know, pure unity with a team. Now, unity and culture and everything like that is huge when it comes to winning. It really is. Look at the Patriots. They have bought into what they are doing for the last 10 years, 15 years, and they have built a dynasty. But also, they had talent to get there. You know, you don't just get there on heart. You don't get there on, on guys who are late-round draft picks and they just have heart or whatever and get to the Super Bowl. 
They have to have talent. You know, you have to have the greatest quarterback of all time. You have to have probably the best tight end of all time in Gronkowski. You have to have perhaps the greatest receiver of all time for a little bit there, Randy Moss. You have to have the talent. And even if that talent doesn't buy in, you need to have some top-shelf talent. So I think it's kind of a combination of the two. I don't think you can just say, well, I'd rather, I, I want all guys with heart and buying into winning culture and not have talent, or I want all talent and guys who don't buy into what I'm doing here. You can't have one without the other. I think the way you got to kind of view it is your top-shelf guys can have talent and not have like all the heart in the world, you know? You can live with guys like Deshaun Jackson if they are Deshaun Jackson of like 2008, 2009, where they're just dominating the league, but you can't live with them if they're role players. So essentially what I'm saying is here, your top-shelf guys can have all the talent in the world and not buy into what you're doing, but all of almost all your role players need to have that heart, need to have that that mentality where they're buying into the culture because that makes your team unified. And you know, even the top shelf players, when they see those role players buying in, they'll eventually buy in too. And that's how you develop a Super Bowl winning team. So obviously, I'm going to say heart and culture are more important, but you need those talent guys regardless of where their heads at because you need elite talent to win in this league. And I'm I'm going to always say that no matter what. But I do love this question because it, it is a fine line between the two. Yes, heart and culture are very important, but you need that top-shelf talent to win. All right, this next question is about Kirk Cousins. I I get a lot of these questions about Kirk, I understand. I always answer them, though, because I tell you guys I answer all your questions. So this next one is, I know that you, me, and Terry Bradshaw are huge Kirk Cousins fans, so I'm confused why everyone else doesn't see it. He has been playing all season long without a top-notch running back, without a number one or even a number two-level receiver with a makeshift offensive line that has been ravaged by injuries this season. Still, Kirk is, is making plays and putting up numbers and even winning a few games. What am I missing that the critics see? Now, I'm going to answer this in kind of in two parts. First off, I'm going to say what the critics are seeing and what I kind of see as Kirk's downfalls. He is not an elite quarterback. He probably never will be an elite quarterback. You know, he has times where he's tentative to throw deep. His deep ball is actually really poor. You know, he, he, sometimes, he puts the ball out there and the receivers can make plays. But overall, you know, if we're talking about hitting guys in stride or hitting guys consistently deep, he's just not that kind of quarterback. He used to be, but he's kind of tamed himself, and he's not that guy anymore. I think he's scared to throw the ball over the middle at times. It is definitely a problem, and he does get that little happy feet, that little double pump in the pocket a lot, and I kind of see where those flaws are, and I see where people are coming from when they criticize him. But again, the, the rants I've been having on here, the rants I've been going on on Twitter and stuff, is we are blaming the wrong guy for our failures this year. Kirk is a good above average quarterback who can make the Pro Bowl, who can win games for you, he can win when your team sucks, he can do all that for you. And we're blaming him for every single loss and every single bad play. Uh, what the person who asked this question said, he is making plays this year without a number one receiver, without a number two receiver, behind a makeshift offensive line, and without a running back whatsoever besides Chris Thompson. You know, you gotta, you gotta realize that when you're watching these games, that he's kind of alone at times. I mean, Again, I go back to this this drive from last game because it was insane where Kirk was in the red zone, had three easy touchdown opportunities that his receivers just failed to make plays. And that's just that's just football. But you can't blame Kirk for this. You can blame him for an overall game because, again, I do see the problems with Kirk. He's not an excellent quarterback. He's not at all. He's a flawed quarterback. But he's a Pro Bowl quarterback at that, and he's a very good player. So, you know, honestly, I'm done. Again, I'm done talking about this for every podcast. I, I just... I gotta say, I, I want Kirk to stay here. I love Kirk. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he is a flawed but good quarterback that you can win with. So sign him up. I don't care. Stop blaming him for everything. That will always be my take on this. This next one is, I watched the Minnesota game and later, eventually the Patriots game. Cousins and Brady were throwing similar passes with one big difference. The Patriots receivers actually catch them. 
Why do the Redskins receivers drop so many passes? Crowder couldn't catch the cold in the middle of winter. I think I can catch better than him. Now, <laughs> now let, let's get out. Let's not get carried away that Cousins and Brady throw the same passes. Again, I love Cousins to death. I think he's a great player, but Brady is just on, on a different level from him. And frankly, Brady's on a different level from basically every other quarterback in the history of football. So I won't say that they throw similar passes. But again, the Redskins receivers have let down Kirk this year. They really have. Doxson has had a bunch of big drops. I mean, the Kansas City game was big. He stumbled in the end zone in his last game. You know, he's had some plays where he struggled. Crowder has really regressed, and I don't know if it's injury problems or what with him, but he definitely has had a bad year. And Terrell Pryor, God, I really thought that all, that signing was going to be good, but he's been god-awful. So Cousins hasn't really been, you know, bailed out by his receivers as much this year, and that's why I think where all the criticism comes for him. So to kind of get to this person's point, I get it. I mean, the Patriots receivers make plays. Even if they're not huge household names besides, you know, Gronkowski, they're making plays. And, you know, it, it's hard to evaluate a quarterback when the receivers aren't making plays. So I kind of get where this person's coming from. Thank you for those questions. I have one more question here. I promised my mom I would answer it for her. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not the best question ever, but I'm going to answer it. Is there another hope that the Redskins could sign Tebow? No, Mom. The Redskins will never sign Tebow. Tebow is not even a good minor league baseball player. So... He wasn't that great of an NFL football player either. He just kind of got lucky for a couple games. I have the All-22 tape if you want to watch it again, Mom. If you want to watch how poor his throws were and how terrible his mechanics are. He was not a good NFL quarterback at all. So that's my take on Tim Tebow. I really don't think he would, you know, I don't think he was even going to last in the NFL even if he got another chance because he's not very good at football. And also, I don't kind of, I really don't want that media in the locker room. So no, Mom. Tim Tebow will never be a Redskin, and Tim Tebow will never play in the NFL again. Let that dream die, Mom. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. I mean, I just had to say it. You know, I've been telling you this for weeks off the podcast. I, gotta, I just got to say it now to the world. Tim Tebow will never be in the NFL again. He's, he was a terrible quarterback. <laughs> so that, that's all we have for today's podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love this mailbag question. Be sure to send in more questions for next week. I will do this again on Wednesday. And again, be be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Saints and Redskins preview show with me and John Sigler from SB Nation. He again, he is a great mind. I'm so excited to have him on. I'm I've mean, I've been hyping him up all week, but again, he's one of my better friends on Twitter, and he's a very good, very good Saints follow. So if you guys have a chance, go check out his work at SB Nation for the Saints. He does an excellent job. And also remember, Friday we are going to be going over our individual player reviews of the season. It'll be Kendall Fuller on the defensive side and Brandon Sheriff on the offensive side. So stay tuned for that. And we have a great rest of the week for you guys. So be sure to tune in to Locked On Redskins for the rest of the week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.